Hello and welcome to the Secure the Bag podcast, where we talk to some of the most successful people in the field of sport, music, entertainment and more, discuss how they reached the top of their field and ultimately how they secured the bag. I'm Frankie Hobbs and as ever I'm joined by the wonderful, amazing Emily Hall. Ashley James, the DJ and reality star, was on the show this week. Em, what do you think of it? Big fan of her. Um, She's very outspoken and I thought a lot of her points that she even came on the show with very insightful um great moment with Piers Morgan that I think people will really enjoy in this as well uh yeah definitely stick around for the Piers Morgan bashing as that is always fun and just as a heads up uh this was recorded just as we went into lockdown and obviously the world's changed the Black Lives Matter movement is uh center of attention and rightly so um but if it sounds a bit odd that we've not even discussed it it's because this was recorded uh five or six weeks ago so um just just consider that when you're when you're listening but other than that enjoy the show let us know what you think and make sure you subscribe for those who don't know who is ashley james and, and, and what do you do Uh, For those that don't know, I am a, well, in normal times, a presenter and DJ. I suppose I've now become a virtual DJ. And uh, I'm quite active on social media. Um, I use it for a lot of activism, particularly around um, confidence, empowerment. Um, I don't use any retouching apps and I try to empower people to feel that they can do the same. I think I've seen it particularly in your comments, um, how well you're engaged with your audience, like your your engagement's really high and the people that reply to you feel like they really know you. How long have you been building that relationship up? Uh, thank you. That's really nice to, to say. Um, do you know what? I think it's, I think, I mean, I've been building my Instagram, I guess, for about five years, but I'd say that I've really like figured out a, who I am, not just online, but I think as a person in general <laughs> over the last three years. And that's kind of when I stopped trying to project this kind of perfect, life is perfect image on Instagram. And I started to kind of like share vulnerabilities, talk about things I was working on, talk about problems. So I think over the last um, few years, I've just developed like a really a nice set of people. And that's seen my following grown but also interestingly like my following's kind of like plateaued recently but I'm finding that like the quality of people and the engagement that I'm having is um really good and it's predominantly women but really nice as well there's a lot of men who say that they're either like new dads or have daughters and they're trying to you know figure out how to help raise their daughter in the best way they can that's really interesting as a follower yeah I would not have ever considered that before. Yeah, it's it's actually quite nice because I have, um, you know, women from as young as like teenagers all the way up to like 50s and 60s. And then, yeah, there does seem to be like a really connected group of men. And I think interestingly, back in the day when I was trying to project this kind of like perfect image of myself and um, putting up like retouched images, I had like a lot of male engagement, but I guess from quite like shallow reasons and it didn't really like give me that much joy or satisfaction so it's nice that you know I feel like the the audience now is is a lot stronger and more engaged in what I talk about what is the what's the state of sort of that whole you know movement in in 2020 do you think um like how where where is it now have have things improved or, or are we still um got a long way to go um 
I mean, I think things are always improving, but I think there's always room for improvement. And I think, you know, there's always um, new things that come up in society that needs addressing. But I definitely think, you know, things are always improving. And I think one of the nice things to come out of this like, terrible situation is a lot of people want to consume more real content. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. um, a lot of the like materialism or superficial side of social media seems much less important when people are kind of you know faced with all the problems that they're finding in lockdown so they're looking for more wholesome um content and creators yeah and how, how did you get started in that then like what what, what was the because i know you just mentioned that you you used to use um say retouching apps like what what was what was it that made you go you know what i need to get rid of all this i've got a new way of of, of sort of living I never really think of like my online as a brand, so to speak. I just try to be really authentic. And I think, you know, the more I felt like I was like projecting a lie, um, the less happy I was with myself. And so I was just trying to be more honest and try to be happier as a person. And then that kind of like changed the way I was online. But I think, um, you know, I I was a, a model um in my 20s and I'd always have my my body retouched by photographers without my permission so then I guess that made me feel inferior or like I needed a smaller waist or whatever it was so when all these retouching apps came out that was like you know a way to try and like maintain that unrealistic standard that had been like put out in front of me and I think the big like moment of realization that I didn't want to continue like that was when I I got adult acne and I used to like really smooth out all my skin. And then I kind of became paranoid that when people came face to face with me, that they'd be looking at how different my skin was to how it was online. And so that's when I was like, do you know what? Enough's enough. I actually just need to embrace who I am. That must be like such a weird experience having someone else edit your body um, to different degrees. And I actually saw something on uh, an influencer's post the other day and she had paparazzi shots from a few years ago. And she said that she actually thinks that they had made her look bigger because apparently if you edit pictures to be bigger, they sell better. I'm not sure from my experience if they've ever like made me look bigger, but what I do think happens is um, if, for example, you're pictured on the beach and you can see that you've got cellulite or tummy rolls or whatever it might be, what the media tend to do is write an article saying something along the lines of like, Asha James flaunts her toned physique knowing that then people are going to be like well that's not toned and then they're going to go crazy in the comments because obviously they need that kind of interaction to boost their views and to boost their interaction so that for them it's kind of like you know a money spinner but obviously it has like devastating impact on the people whose pictures are being talked about and so yeah I definitely think you know like body image and the media is something that that still needs to change and um and move forward but I think the great thing about social media is for all the negative sides of it every person that has a social media account has the power to choose who they want to follow so if they get rid of anyone who makes them feel bad about their body or their life choices or whatever it might be they can delete unfollow mute block whatever it is those people Mm -hmm. and and then create like a really inspiring page for themselves so where do you think this is, is kind of going to go and, and where do you think, um, I know we, we kind of briefly touched on the fact there's still lots of improvements to happen. Um, where, where do you want to see it go in the next sort of few months, two years? Um, I, I, I just think that I'd like for the user to have the 
um, like the confidence and the power to unfollow any accounts that they feel are inauthentic or not serving them. Um, and I think as well, like even in terms of brands and doing paid sponsored posts, like people are becoming a lot smarter. Like they don't just want to be flogged any old thing by any old person. So, you know, I think like, I, I, I think it's amazing that, you know, we get to do like um, paid posts and work with brands, but I think we will have a responsibility for our audience to only be working with brands that we would actually use ourselves and that we feel happy to um, promote. Um, and I, I think, you know, like as, as people who follow us, a, we wouldn't be able to do all those paid posts without our following. So there needs to be a level of respect for those people. But also people are getting bored of kind of being sold a lie, so to speak. So I think, um, you know, I just like to continue to see like more realness, more authentic content and, um, you know, brands working with the right people. But I, th- I think, um, I think you know, it's definitely all going in the right direction. And things like being in lockdown, I think, has made people like really assess the kind of content they're consuming even more yeah no i I completely agree the um it does feel like the era of sort of weight loss highly yeah and just the high high produced content and highly edited it does does feel like people are just getting a bit bored of that um but one one thing that that has blown up in the last few weeks um is the story of adele and, and her weight loss and her kind of, you know, didn't feel like we, we didn't hear from her for a couple of years or at least a year. And then she's, she's burst back onto the scene with a, with a, with a new picture that went completely viral. I, I, I know you've, you've got some pretty strong opinions on this. Do you want to just explain your position on this? Um, yeah, so I actually went on the Jeremy Vine show to talk about this recently as well. So I think, um, you know, she posted a photograph, I think, for her 30th birthday. As a side note, I can't believe she's only 30. Like, it really made me feel like mm. I need to achieve a lot more in life. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And she's, like, so talented. And I think, like, for me, the the worrying part of the discussion around her weight loss was it was it wasn't that she posted saying i feel so great i've lost all this weight thanks to my trainer she actually didn't comment on her weight at all and you know she was trending worldwide where people were automatically presuming that she was in a great place and had worked really hard and should be celebrated for this new amazing body and i think that's a really dangerous thing to glorify weight loss without knowing like how it was achieved because from my personal experience, like the times I've been my skinniest have, has been when I've been like my most unhappy. And also it kind of, um, it kind of, well, it does suggest that her old body was wrong. And she is someone that's always seemed very comfortable in her old, old skin. And I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. she, you know, I'm not saying that if she's worked really hard, that she shouldn't feel great. And like, she's achieved this body, but there were, I just think it's a shame that one of the most, successful not just female artists but artists of all time is being reduced to her image and her appearance especially when she didn't start the discussion around it and I think especially during lockdown when people are even more sensitive around weight if you know gyms have closed or they're not getting out as much as they used to and people have more time to think or people that have had disordered eating have more time to like be sat with their triggered thoughts they really don't need to see the most successful woman of all time um, being reduced to her appearance and celebrated for weight loss because weight loss doesn't always um, mean positive. Yeah, completely agree. And, and and I guess for 
we don't know how she lost that weight, why she lost the weight, as you said. You know, it could be a case of, and I, I don't want to speculate, but, you know, there could have been some really nasty, you know, factors at play or um, especially, you know, she's going through a divorce or something. So I guess some more context there would have been really um, useful. And I guess it put, kind of puts us back a few years from maybe some of the progress we had made. Yeah, and I think it's the same with, um, you know, influencers that do these like before and after photos because... Um, I think it's amazing when people, you know, change their lifestyle and become healthier. I think, you know, it's something that we can all aspire to be healthier and more active and whatever it may be. But I think by doing it as a before and after image to show weight loss, it's like, well, you know, for some people who are naturally skinny, they might be having a horrific diet or have eating disorders or be living off like alcohol and crisps or whatever it might be. And I think, you know, it being skinnier doesn't always equal healthier or happier and I think whilst we can all like applaud a change in lifestyle or healthy changes in lifestyle I just don't think you need that before picture to prove the point yeah no I think that um especially on Instagram at the moment I follow you I follow Megan Rose Lane I follow Megan yeah I follow Lucy Mountain and between all of you like these kind of accounts that pop up and in the middle of like my whole news feed, like it's really refreshing sometimes to see these longer. And actually that's something that I, the other thing I noticed when I said about your audience being very engaged, I think as well, your captions are super long and anytime people can like write a lot and it feels more like you're reading a blog post. I think that's when there's a connection. Um, but I definitely think that that is such um, like a positive light um, in this day and age. And I definitely think during lockdown, influences have become much more real and they have been, for example, they can't go and shoot somewhere else. So they have to shoot in their house. They have to be a bit more real about where they live or a bit more real about what they eat because they're not going to restaurants taking nice pictures. And I think lifting the lid on that side of things is very helpful to people. And I really hope that that's like a trend that continues. Yeah. Do you know what? I find this really interesting as well, because for sure, I felt pressure to pay for photographers to produce my content. And um, what's really interesting is like when I'm following other people's content, I much prefer like the really like real snaps or selfies or things that they've done themselves. And sometimes when it's like a really posed outfit picture of them in front of a white pillared townhouse, like looking off into the distance, I get that it's a nice picture, but I don't connect with it. Yet I've been guilty as well of feeling the pressure to produce this really like polished content but I actually think it kind of like is kind of doing the opposite of what we think and sometimes when I haven't had a photographer around to shoot the content and I've just kind of done it myself it's actually done much better because I think you know we are looking at it through it it like you know being like this really polished ad campaign and we think that's what people want but I think people you know like Instagram because it is much more real so I would totally agree with you there that I think it has allowed people just to like be forced to get to know people a bit and also it's yeah. nice to see people behind the blow dries and the nails and the... yeah I love it I think it's much more interesting yeah like you never send polished pictures to your friends do you, you always send like the worst pictures of yourself like that is oh. what people find entertaining and like connect with um yeah so in exactly. terms of like your different passions I know you said that you were DJing at home so what kind of work um have you been able to do and like how has your work changed over the years um, so my work has changed because um, I, I used to do a lot of, um, of, of television. So I'd be on Good Morning Britain a lot, doing like showbiz reporting and 
um, you know, a lot of like the daytime TV shows. And I have still done the Jeremy Vine show a couple of times, but obviously because I'm not a healthcare I love professional. Vine. Yeah, me too. I He's watch every morning. One of the <laughs> men in the industry as well. Um, but obviously because I'm not an expert with um, coronavirus, like a lot of the narrative has changed. So a lot of the bookings have changed. So um, I'm, I'm not doing as much television as I was, which I know will go back to normal once this is over. Um, and then in terms of DJing, obviously there's no festivals and I was meant to be um, DJing at Ascot for Ladies' Day, which would have been really exciting. Um, but I have been really lucky that I, because I have decks at home, um, I've DJed for River Island and Primark, which are obviously two amazing brands. And I've invested nice. in some equipment where I can sync my decks now to my phone. So if I were to do a live set, it's it's got that kind of like high quality. It sounds like you're listening to the radio as opposed to sounds like you're listening to someone play music off, like in, the, in yeah. the background of their phone. So that's been really nice because I feel like it's pushed me to kind of like explore a new opportunity and a new like tech that means that I can now like deliver um like in entertainment for people at home um and obviously like getting to collaborate with like major brands on that has been amazing and I had 77,000 people lock into the Primark one and I think 40,000 or something to River Island so yeah that's been amazing and then um I I'm, well that's I'm great because like a... I actually sorry I actually had that the entertainment um industry had been hardest hit I've seen a lot of stats about that and it's not when I hear what your jobs were it it would make sense right you can't do any tv like you can't do any of like that real life entertainment part of it yeah um and I feel lucky that I've kind of like developed a a nice audience online so I am still getting um, a lot of work through like content creation whereas a lot of my friends who you know have maybe been a bit more snobby about like influences and you know, are on the more broadcasting side of it, I think it is really hard for them because obviously like social media is kind of where work is at now. Um, but there's this amazing book uh, that I read years ago called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's this silly little story about three mice in a maze. And basically there's some cheese in the maze and they're all eating away at it. And someone comes and picks it up and moves it. And two of the mice just stay where it was because they're like, well, I've, this is what I've always done this is where the cheese was I'm why, like why would I move whereas the other mice the other mouse goes off into the maze and you know he keeps going into all these dead ends and he keeps feeling like he needs to give up but he keeps going and eventually he like finds the cheese where it's moved and I think that's like a really good example of like you know lockdown like the the market and the world has changed even if it's just temporarily so you kind of have to keep adapting so by buying your dj equipment or the equipment to be able to like you know do gigs on your phone or whatever it might be creating more relatable content or whatever it is i think you know it kind of um like sets the real creators apart from the others does what's the difference between um playing gigs out in in public to like playing gigs at home like do you feel a different connection or is it do you feel more nervous less nervous how how does it compare Um, I think it's much harder because obviously as much as um people are like leaving comments and messaging obviously you're not seeing them have a good time and as a DJ I feel like you're a professional people pleaser that when you're around you know you're creating an atmosphere where in normal life you're seeing them dancing having a good time putting their hands up in the air you know when you play a song where they love it like that kind of feeling nothing can compare with it whereas when you're DJing on a live stream you're kind of 
like you don't you know you're in your you're in your living room trying to pretend that it's a party so it is much more challenging and I definitely get more nervous because there's no kind of like instant gratification or you you know you you don't have that like visual assurance that people are having a good time Mm -hmm. but equally it's really nice um to get all the feedback and to you know get messages from people saying that it's like the best part of their lockdown or it kind of like distracted them for a night or they had their friends on zoom so um I think you know it it is very different and nothing will compare to real life in the same way that as great as zoom calls are and how the house party app is nothing's going to compare with getting to hug and hang out with our friends and family in real life but it's a nice it's a nice distraction for now and it's nice to be able to offer that distraction Mm -hmm. and to to actually be when you're I guess when you're there you're in the moment and you're typically I don't know I mean I'm probably speaking for myself but typically quite intoxicated of alcohol and um people does it just for for as someone who is quite interested in, in music do you find yourself is it a, are people listening out to like how you're mixing tunes more specifically or um is there anything like technically you've had to change up um yeah I guess in in normal life people aren't are less bothered about the mixing and you know they're just having a good time so it doesn't like matter as much I've always said that a good DJ isn't the person that knows the most tricks it's the one who gets the song selection right so of course song Mm selection is still important but I do think when it's being played through a phone if you were to like mess up um like the transition or the syncing or the beat match or whatever it is that you're doing then it's going to be a lot more um like grating on the person because (coughs) sorry because obviously they're kind of there listening to the music. So even if they're having a drink with whoever's in their household or whoever's on Zoom, they're kind of like paying attention more to the music. Whereas if you're in a club or at a festival, the music's just half of it because you have so many like visual and other distractions around you um, that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot more atmosphere. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And how has like brand collaborations changed for you? Like, is it different brands coming to you? Do they want you to do different things? Do you know what? I I actually would say that mine hasn't really changed that much because I feel like the the type of content I'm doing now is the same that I was doing before lockdown. Like I've always kind of kept it real and talked about self-love. So I think maybe the engagement is higher because people are aware that they need it more now maybe. But in in terms of the brands, it's it's all like, I wouldn't say there's been any that are different apart from maybe that I'm working with um Klarna now where I've DJed with them in the past but now I'm like offering money t- and financial tips and trying to help people overcome financial an- anxiety so that's like quite a nice new element to um to what I talk about I like to be able to talk about things that a lot of people either don't talk about or find it a bit taboo to talk about and I think um having had mm-hmm. like financial anxieties and worries myself um, it's nice to be able to like know that I can talk about something that is maybe like considered taboo but obviously for anyone that's going through money issues will know like it's something that you can never take your mind off and is like really consuming so it's like nice to be able to have that as a something to talk about on my platform. Yeah, for sure and, and um, I guess another thing which is kind of taboo and I was um, just doing some research and, and kind of came across the term single positivity yeah or, uh, and uh i guess for people that don't know like me who who didn't know probably 24 hours ago um it'd be good to explain what it is and and, and why you think it's so important so um it's a hashtag that i use quite a lot and basically it's just trying to 
make people see that being single isn't a bad thing. It's not failure. It doesn't make you behind. It doesn't make you any worse than anyone in a relationship. And this is something that's really important to me because I was single for six years and I feel like um, the first half of that time was me, you know, feeling like I was a failure, uh, feeling like there was something wrong with me, making really poor choices with who I was dating just because I was like desperate to not be in a relationship and then like the more kind of like research and work I did or the more time that I spent on by myself the more I realized that you know there's a there's no negative side of being single and it's not a good or a bad thing it's just something that most people are at several points in their life and just because someone's in a relationship doesn't mean they'll never be single and I feel like society you know has a lot of like negative attitudes or puts a lot of pressures on people who are single and especially if you go to weddings there's so much talk around your relationship status like it's some kind of achievement and I think you know we should be celebrating so many more things other than relationship statuses like career successes and all of that and I I found that I developed like a really good friendship with um you know my friends once I stopped putting that energy into finding a relationship and I started like looking at the love that I already had around me and I you know I stopped that mentality of like oh I can't wait to go to this romantic holiday destination once I have a boyfriend and then I was like why am I waiting for someone that I've never met when I've got all these amazing friends that I can go to so I went to DJ in the Maldives with my best, I took my best friend. And I don't know, I just felt like I lived this amazing life and I stopped kind of looking for a best friend, so to speak, and realised that I already had best friends all around me. So, yeah, it's just something that I feel really strongly about because I know how much pressure that people feel to, like, settle down, so to speak. And I just want people to see that they they don't have to do that and they don't have to feel pressure or that something's wrong with them so that they you know can make more positive choices for themselves and healthier choices for themselves yeah and I guess like you if you are single and this the, you know especially if people of our generation and, and above our parents and I know my parents and Em I'm pretty sure your parents set, settled down incredibly young and, and I guess they kind of hoped or, or pushed their push their kids to to do the same and, and the world is different now people people buy houses later they they find love later um i guess people want a kind of a sense of a, of achievement and, and have their own career before they they kind of do all those things yeah and i think um you know a lot of our parents came from that kind of baby boom era um and life was very different then and you know you kind of got a job and you did it until you retired whereas I think now we have much more option and you know much more independence and ability to make different life choices and um I think you know our parents haven't really like caught on to that yet so they still have the same kind of expectations that they had um which which is hard but I think that's why it's really important to you know use social media to have that voice around being single because I don't feel like it's something that many people champion or talk about um do you do your followers reach out to you with advice for things like that like do you do you feel like lucky that you have your boyfriend for quarantine like what what do you think about that do you know what it's really interesting because even before lockdown I I do get a lot of questions from both men and women who ask for advice around um relationships or whether I think online dating's good or how I met my boyfriend and all of these things and for sure I think you know lockdown has definitely 
increased people's sense of loneliness if they're not with someone or on the flip side if people are with someone but they're maybe not the right person suddenly being with them 24 7 without any distractions has kind of like made them really like look to becoming single but they're obviously like very scared to start again so to speak um but what's quite interesting for me is that so my boyfriend um moved in with me at the beginning of lockdown and we both found it really challenging as like, you know, two very independent people. And when I saw my friends being like, I feel so lonely because I'm on my own. I was like, I feel so suffocated because I'm not on my own because my automatic is to be, you know, for me to relax. I like to completely switch off, be on my own, not have conversation. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, um, now, you know, we've got into much more of a groove of things. And of course, it's great to have him around, but I still put in the same level of effort with all my friends. And um, I'm always, you know, going to do that. So as much as, you know, he's amazing, and I hope we never break up, I always know that I'll be fine on my own. And it's not something that I fear, because I've done it before. And I've realized that it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just something that most of us will go through in life. I think like the important thing to say and like the the advice that I give most of my audience is to remember that being lonely and alone are not not the same thing and there's a lot of people who are in the wrong relationships who are feeling incredibly lonely because obviously like being with the wrong person is like a prison so sometimes like being on your own doesn't necessarily mean that you're less lonely than the people who are in the wrong relationships yeah absolutely and something that we're we're quite keen to cover with everyone really that we have on here just because we're keen to raise awareness of it is around trolls and negativity that you experience social media Um, because I think a lot of people don't realize how bad it can be for like really positive people like yourself that probably don't actually respond to it so like what's your journey with that? Uh, Oh I definitely respond (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, do you know what so I have a rule with trolling especially when if it's from men which I get a, a a lot of I think because I talk about a lot of like very feminist issues or I have men that don't like a guy was arguing with me today because I'm I'm currently talking about um you know experiences that women went through at school with boys so the guy's like oh you're acting like boys didn't get bullied at school or girls weren't also bullies at school and I was like that's not what I'm saying though and that's a very different discussion um, so whenever I get quite like sexist trolling, I'll always put it on my stories and I name and shame them. And I always say, like, I hope your mum or your sister or like women who are important to you in your life read this. Oh. What is that? I think it's. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I always say that I put it on my stories and I put their names just because I like to name and shame them because most people, if they, you know, they they will have a mom or a sister or someone, some strong female that they would look up to. Who, and I always say, I hope that the women that are in their lives follow them so that, or follow me so that they see that they see how bad their behavior is because I think a lot of guys think they can get away with it when it's on the internet. And that's For not sure. to say that I don't get female um, trolls either. Um, but I'd say it's definitely like the majority of men because I talk around feminist issues but um, do you know what trolling used to really bother me as did reading comments about myself on the mail online it was all like a bit of a like difficult learning curve and I remember thinking like oh but I'm nice I don't understand why people are horrible to me I'm, I'm just trying to be nice and then 
I don't know, like throughout life and weirdly having done Celebrity Big Brother with Anne Widdicombe, who, whether you agree with her opinions or not, is very self-assured and confident to speak her mind without worrying about what people think of her opinions. And as much as, you know, I'd say like 99% of what comes out of her mouth, I don't agree with. Um, She's someone that I've like learned to look up to in a way because she, I remember her saying to me, like, Ashley, do me a favor, try to be less sensitive because you're like limiting yourself. You're limiting like all everything that you could be because you're too worried about what people may or may not think of you. And that really struck a chord with me because I was like, oh my gosh, it's so true. Like, why am I worried about what strangers or friends or people from my hometown or whatever it might be why am I worried about what they think of me because most people who gossip or bitch will gossip or bitch regardless of what you do so you may as well say and do what you want because the people that are unhappy and are going to comment are probably going to comment anyway no matter what you do um so that kind of you know changed the way I looked at things and now when I get trolled I don't take it personally because I know it's not about me it's about you know, something that that person, an unhappiness that that person has, or maybe I have a bit in my personality that they relate to about themselves and they don't like, or they wish that they could be. And um, it's usually not personal. And I also read an article saying that most trolls actually have like sociopath or psychopathic tendencies, and they actually take pleasure out of someone else's unhappiness. So they will get a kick out of you getting upset or reacting because then they feel like they've reached you in some way. Yeah, and and ultimately they're they're people that are unhappy, as you said earlier. Like they're the reason they are looking for this gratification or looking to wind you up is because fundamentally they have something they're unhappy with. Yeah, but um, also they follow you. So <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like if, <laughs> if someone, if I really didn't like someone, and like you know, we're 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 all human. We're all like naturally judgmental whether we choose to voice it or not and if there's people that I don't like I don't follow them because I don't want to see it and I don't want to be triggered so there's definitely something wrong with people who choose to follow people that annoy them <laughs> <laughs> yeah like why would you follow me yeah <laughs> Just don't press the unfollow button yeah. um no I, I completely agree with that and um you know I think I think I'm I think in the same way as you I don't think I'd choose it's di- different on something like Twitter where people can be retweeted onto your timeline, but on Instagram, you know, unless people are sharing your posts to their stories, where are they going to see you unless they follow you? Yeah, um, I mean, whenever I do a show like Good Morning Britain or Jeremy Vine, I know that naturally, like, because obviously I'm, a lot of the time I'm on there, I'm talking about, like, my opinions around something political or something, you know, I've gone on to discuss why I think that IVF for single women should be covered on the NHS. And, of course, when you talk about those kind of things, there's always going to be, like, men with bald heads and bulldogs and St. George's flags that come at you. <laughs> and, I know, yeah. And they the same guys sitting on the cliffs in Dover, stuffing people coming over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like or usually with the hashtag Brexit Britain or something. So um, <laughs> so I just know to for my own like mental health, I just won't go on Twitter that day. So I because I, I really I don't need to see what people's opinions are, whether they agree or disagree with my opinion. It's my opinion, um, and also I I don't go looking for people's opinions of me. So now if there's articles on the Mail Online or the Sun or whatever it might be about me, I'm not going to go on the comments because. Most people who write on comments on the Mail Online aren't going on there to be like, "What a great girl! She seems lovely." So you just you just know to avoid it because it's it's not like normal people that 
perhaps, you know, I, I doubt either of you have ever commented on the Mail Online. I know I haven't commented on the Mail Online. So it's people that do get a kick out of um, slagging people off. And it could be me, it could be, you know, Kendall Jenner. And if you're either too fat, too thin, a Z-lister, desperate, whatever it might be. But ultimately, I don't need to see what their opinion is. And that, that I, I would say that for any influencer listening to this as well, I still find it kind of... Um, you know, like mental health suicide, why you would go on to tattle life and look at what people are saying about you because you know that happy people aren't going to be going onto that website. So whilst, you know, whilst it's horrific and I think they should be shut down, I think we can we can protect ourselves by avoiding looking. We don't need to know what other people's opinions of us are. Like we don't need validation from other people. Like we can be, if we think we're a good person, and our friends think we're good people and we have audiences that engage with us, then who cares about the other people? Um, I guess it's, I imagine that that sort of not looking at the comments um, does get easier as you, I imagine if you, when you're first breaking through or you're first becoming, say, someone in the public eye, you're 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 looking at and reading everything and then it, you, you have to kind of learn not to read the comments is, is what they say. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, also it depends on, you know, of course sometimes I'll get like, negativity on Instagram and if it's the first thing I see when I wake up in the morning or I've had some bad news and I go on Instagram and that's something that I see of course it will sting um and I think that's why as well if you are like going through a bad time with your mental health or you've had bad news I tend to stay off it or not read comments and because I guess when you're in a good mood an occasional bit of bad or an occasional insult isn't going to knock you but if you're in a low mood and you're going on there for like validation or whatever it might be that's when I find that I I'm more likely to take things personally or I'm more likely to get sucked into comparison culture looking at other people's highlights mm-hmm. no that makes sense um someone that I guess does fit the the mold of um having a lot of news written about them and is very strong-minded is 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 Piers Morgan and and I know you you touched on GMB there do you did you have any interactions with him, or do you find have, um, you, have you you know have you met him? What do you, what do you think of what he's doing at the moment? Yeah, so I um I have I've had definitely like different interactions with him. I think the first time was when he was criticizing Emma Watson and trying to make out like she was yep. this like crazy feminist in t- in a negative way. And I I remember doing an interview with I can't remember who, and I think. They asked my opinion on it, and I said, "Well, Piers, is, Piers Morgan's just a cock," and they printed that word for word. And so he tweeted the article saying, "Who on earth is Ashley James?" Um, and I kind of just left wow. it, but I really disliked him. I, I thought he was incredibly problematic because, whilst I, you know, I agree that everyone's entitled to their opinion, but it's the same as like a bully thinking that they're entitled to say something horrible about someone. Like, I don't think just because you're entitled to your opinion, you have to give it if it's negative. Um, but I, my, interestingly, when I went to go debate um, on Good Morning Britain and I, I, you know, Piers was the anchor, he was actually like very kind, very engaging, very warm. Um, and he was like very interested even after the cameras stopped rolling to have a conversation and I, I think you know that that goes a long way when you don't have to be nice to people um, but I would say that I still kind of didn't really like a lot of his opinions or his um, like problematic stances on a lot of things but weirdly I never thought I would 
go into 2020 and have a global pandemic and a newfound respect for Piers Morgan uh, <laughs> feel like 2020 well, is so definitely like- a weird year because I do kind mm. of like I whilst I do think a lot of what he says is for clickbait and publicity and there's definitely like an ego element to his character I do oh, think completely. that he has been um you know like he if like he was calling for lockdown when we should have had lockdown and you know he's not been afraid to turn his back on Donald Trump and to call out the right wing which I always thought he was you know very anti-left and calling everyone snowflakes and I always thought that was like a very problematic narrative and he was just doing it to kind of get the Brexit vote even though he voted remain um whereas now I think he's you know doing much more good by calling out um the kind of like failures in power and in government yeah no I think he's a, he's a good um he's a good barometer for what the Engl- the typical British people are thinking I think yeah if, if if you um and look I completely agree with you and as someone who I imagine shares similar views to yourself uh I've always thought of him as a bit of a bit of a cock but <laughs> more to what you were saying about being nasty to Emma Watson, I know he's done a lot of stuff about Meghan Markle. What he was saying is that the pandemic's actually taught him he was probably in, probably in the wrong sort of tone to bring that up, and then he does make him reevaluate. So yeah, I've, general, I've read that, the, and I, I did appreciate him, you know, putting his hands up. But I guess the problem is a lot of the damage has been done in terms of the attitude about Meghan and Harry, and I think it is really bad that you know when say my friend Caroline Flack died that it was all this talk of be kind be kind but then Meghan and Harry it seems like they can't even breathe without this kind of like raging bullying attitude and I think a lot of that was like spearheaded by peers so while I think it is good that he's like realized and apologized for it and I hope going forward and after this pandemic's over he kind of puts his anger into the places that matter as opposed to on individuals hopefully it puts things into perspective um now, Piers is known for um, his some of his appearances on reality TV, um, and I know yourself. You mentioned it earlier, Celebrity Big Brother. How how did that how did that come about? How did it happen? What did you learn? How did it you know talk us through the whole process? Um, so, Big Brother or Celebrity Big Brother is something that had been like um, thrown at me for a few years, and it was always something that um, I didn't want to do. Um, not because I don't love the show I've always been a huge fan of Big Brother like I think I was 12 when it first came out and I used to watch it live on E4 (laughs) um, like 24 hours a day so it was always like a show that I'd love doing but um, I think it it, you know there was it just become like very sexual and about arguments and it was a lot of people that had either like had a scandal or sold stories that went onto the show Um, so it wasn't something I was interested in doing and then when it when it came about um, a couple of years ago when I did it, it was 100 years since women had got the right to vote and they said they were trying to change the format and it was going to be the first year that they did an all-female lineup with men coming in a week later and the whole idea was that they were having like lots of... Um, lots of conversation around uh, sexism and gender stereotypes and, um, I don't know, it just seemed a lot more kind of like intelligent and um, interesting and um, I've also kind of felt very flattered that they'd come to me um, look like as a strong woman. So um, the more I looked into it, the more it was something that I wanted to do. Um, it also gave me like the financial freedom to buy a, a property in London. 
um, which was obviously like something that was really important to me. I think I just turned 30 or I was turning 30 and, um, you know, it's something that a house was a long way off on my radar. So there was definitely like a financial factor to it, but it just kind of felt like something that was very right. And um, it was an amazing experience. I got to, you know, live with all these really fascinating people and um, also like open my horizons. You know, I'd never lived with a drag queen before. Um, I'd never, I'd never really had any interaction, um, with anyone trans before. And so I got to kind of like really see a lot of draconian attitudes and how it can affect people. Um, and also like just live with some really interesting and fascinating people. So it's an amazing experience and something that I'm really happy that I did. And, um, I guess it opened and closed a lot of doors in terms of like brands, because obviously, a lot of like the more high-end brands are still have a lot of um like prejudices against reality television but equally it opened other doors as well and I'm a big believer in just kind of like living the life that you want to live and you know not letting other people's prejudices stop you from taking opportunities. I think that's very true um there there is that um, prejudice around brands but as you said those brands probably don't align as well with your values um, so in the future that's probably not where you want to go anyway and I think a lot of brands um, you know who who do follow me or who get to know me will re- like will you know I think a lot of people like it's silly to prejudice or stereotype anyone based on a show that they've done um, especially when you know I'm sure a lot of them were the same had the same snobbery against Kim Kardashian who's now like you fronted Vogue covers and is dressed by every big fashion house in the world so I think um you know like no one can judge other people's choices and I I know what content I create and what makes me like interesting or whatever it is so I feel like um I don't yeah if people want to prejudice me it kind of gives me more drive to kind of keep going and prove people wrong or prove who I am yeah and what is your plan for the next five ten years like what is it where you like where you want to go with your career like your own path um do you know what I always find this um like question quite interesting because like for me personally I don't really believe in long-term plans I just believe in like being happy because what I thought would have made me happy or what I thought I wanted to do five or ten years ago were so different to now so what I what I just believe in is like being authentic I always follow my interests so like with DJing I just started that up as a hobby and I had a deal with my local pub where I'd get free drinks in return just to DJ because <laughs> I couldn't afford decks and I just wanted to practice and then when I started doing that that's when you know people would see me play and then they'd ask if they could book me and it kind of went from there and at the moment I'm studying to be an empowerment coach just so I have like the skills and expertise around what I talk about on Instagram and you know especially because a lot of people ask me for advice I want to be able to not just like give them fluff or kind of have a false sense of importance because I have a following on Instagram I wanted to actually like back it up with a skill set and I'm also studying an interiors course as well Um, and that's not to say that I necessarily want it either of those things to be a career um, like a career direction but I always think when you follow your interests new doors open where you want and you know you never know what's around the corner so I think as my plan for five years 10 years 20 years two years or whatever it is is just to be happy and I think sometimes if you have too much of a set plan 
things can get in the way or your interests can change and it's sometimes hard to realize that what you thought made you you happy actually doesn't and you know it's I think it's good to move away from set rigid plans how does that work in terms of like I know you mentioned you want to be an empowerment coach like what are you are you looking to how, how, what's the process there like how do how do you get into that um, I'm just just studying so I'm doing like a a 10-week course um well I'll be studying for six months but the current the videos that I'm doing it's like 10 weeks so I'm about six weeks in and so yeah it's like e-learning and I have like a coach that's teaching me and I'll do one-on-ones with them and I have to submit a video so it's kind of like being at an open university but it's like a, a coaching accreditation course um and same as the interiors course it's online and it's um with um, the KCL, which is um, like a school of design over the river in Chelsea. Um, and you get a diploma at the end of it. There's different levels that you can study. So, um, yeah, I'm just like a big believer, especially in lockdown when I have, you know, a bit more time for development. I just i am a big believer in following your skills and interests. Like I've become really into interiors since buying my home and um I've had like a few people request for me to do help with their interiors through social media so I just thought oh I must be like quite good at it if people are asking me about it so I it's like the DJ it's like the DJ yeah exactly and that's why I think it's good just to follow your interest because if you don't put yourself in it you never know where it might lead no I completely agree and I know we um we kind of touched on it earlier um, and it was it was a real big sort of cultural or big caused a big impact on on the world. And you know you don't have to go into it if you don't want to. But um, you mentioned you were friends of Caroline Flack, who unfortunately uh, passed away. What what sort of what sort of impact uh, you know do you think it had on on you know your 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 life, but also the sort of wider societal impact? I mean, I guess. I don't want to go into it too much, but I hope it basically, no, I hope hopefully it just makes people realize that their words have impact. And that's in terms of people online, the media. Um, I think, you know, the way that people treat celebrities or the way people, I guess, get a real kick out of other people's downfalls or supposed downfalls. Um, hopefully it just makes people think a little bit more before they voice opinions in a public space. And, you know, I think that's the same for someone like Meghan Markle, who I think also gets a lot of very unfair criticism. And I, you know, I really feel for her that she's had to, like, make such huge life changes and go through, you know, adapting to life in a new country, life as a new mother, being in that kind of very microscopic level of fame. And, um, yeah, I just hope, hopefully, I guess, like, the you know, the hashtag be kind spread. And I hope that's not just a fleeting thing. And that actually does make people think about what they're saying more. Yeah, I guess the stuff that's happened with Megan has been absolutely unbelievable. Um, what she's gone through. And actually, I was going to mention it earlier, um, the Jade Goody documentary um, around, like, how yeah. um, the media would put on things like Fat Pig, like, outrageous statements. And you look and you think, oh, my God, that was only 10 years ago. And actually, all this stuff with Megan, it makes you realise maybe people haven't learned in the same way that you'd hope. There's just tighter restrictions on people. Yeah, and I think there's still a lot of, um, like, sexism and misogyny and, it like, potentially racism. Obviously, I, I, I can't really, like, speak on that too much as a white person. But um, I, I do think, you know, like that I can't believe that there's criticism for a woman 
who was an actress wanting to go back to her career after marriage like that should not even be newsworthy like that is who she was she like why should she have to change and you know she tried it she didn't like it she should people shouldn't be so um and also I feel like there's this like narrative of poor Harry Harry's been led astray Harry's been manipulated um and yeah I think you know why should she have to completely change who she is to fit in somewhere when he married her as much as she married him and you know I I wouldn't want to marry someone that expected me to change my whole life so I don't really understand why as a nation we expect her to do that and you know I think if you even if you just um compare the press that Megan gets to the press that the other princess gets Kate. that I can't Kate Kate, <laughs> Kate gets um yeah I think you're, you you know it's clear that there's a there's there's a factor there that you know I I know I appreciate as three white people on a podcast you know can't speak too much to but it does seem like there's a racial undertone yeah especially um, saying like straight out of Compton and all you know that's definitely um mm-hmm. like got racial undertones and the idea that she's kind of like this gold digger or whatever it is I think I think there's definitely racism and misogyny like deep rooted in that and yeah, at the end of look, the day they they are not horrible people they do a lot of charity work like whether people like them or not they really don't uh, the fact that there's more outrage around Meghan and Harry for whatever they do than there is around the Prince Andrew scandal is quite outrageous <laughs> I've not really thought about it like that yeah when you when you when you put it like that um yeah I would have liked to have seen Piers Morgan putting as much anger towards Prince Andrew being a suspected paedophile as opposed to Megan stroking her bump or eating avocado or whatever it is she's criticised for doing. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense, and I, you know, I hope that you know this does improve. Um, there, there obviously have been signs like with Megan that it's um, perhaps not where we need it to be, and and I think you're right that let's hope that the be kind message that obviously came off the back of the really unfortunate events does lead to. Um, some change because you know people people's lives are ultimately at stake and, and and it is a mental health and mental battles are something that we all go through no matter how how wealthy we are how poor we are how you know how overweight we are how perfect our lives may seem so um definitely I think, and I think now more than ever especially when people are in lockdown and obviously there's all kinds of different like financial pressures or risk of job loss or mm-hmm redundancy or whatever it might be like hopefully people are being kinder because i think the world needs more kindness than ever right now agreed and i think that's a, a really positive way actually to to kind of wrap up but um no like i think your your message is is great and i think you're the reason that you're seeing so much more or as you know engagement and that community is because you are so real in a time where people people do want real so um i think you you know you're inspiring a lot of people out there Oh, thank yeah. you. That's really kind. Thank you so much for coming on. It's um, very refreshing, I think, um, to hear oh, all that. Oh, thank I you do, so much for having me. I do me. think like these messages, of course, like these messages like keep me to need to keep going out so like uh, different people hear them, don't they? Like we want more than just your followers to to hear that message. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks yep, for having agreed. me as well. Of course. Great. Well, look, if we'll. Um... You know, if you're if you are new around here and you you do like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button. And as you know, every um, every week we have five different shows. Uh, you know, from business leaders to influencers to um, you know even some some more silly shows that you know you might you might enjoy. Um, but yeah, for now, leave us a like, leave us a comment, and um, stay tuned for the next episode.
We good, Tom? 